and welcome to this brand new podcast series courtesy of of the crossbar but before we get into it like the podcast give us a star rating and subscribe to our youtube channel for regular podcast clips plus this series will be available on full there as well we're going into extra time to discuss more talking points in depth than we do in our regular podcast episode and this week we're talking the sacking of rafael benitez at everton so brad sunday afternoon it comes out that Rafa Benitez gets sacked by the Toffees after Saturday's defeat. We kind of spoke about it on our podcast uh, on Friday, how we said if he was to lose this game, it would be the end of his tenure on Merseyside, and it has come to fruition. Well, I think the real question is, did anybody actually see this coming? Yes, yes, if yes. we did, yes, of course we did. We all saw this one if coming, we... it was never, ever going to work in a million years the Liverpool factor mm. was just held over his head right from the start that was always a big issue to Everton fans of course it was going to be even the style didn't work he's just a sort of manager that didn't fit yeah and then we look even more in depth to like the signings he made in the summer they just weren't good signings I mean uh, Damari Gray and Andres Townsend have had sparks this season but not consistently enough to say right this is uh, good enough to move Everton up the table and we're not even going to talk about the signing of Solomon Rondon because that was just a useless signing that deserves its own episode in itself <laughs> <laughs> yes I mean that was just dreadful but yeah like you say from the off being the fact that he used to manage Liverpool was always going to be on his uh, doorstep as a factor of like if anything goes wrong the people are just going to be blaming oh the fact that he's doing this in spite of Everton because of him used to working at uh, Liverpool rather than it's just like a bad result here and there yeah and it's in that case it brings up the question of whether it was the right appointment in the first place I mean they went through a good host of names of managers I think about four to six names I remember uh, being linked with the job but I don't personally think Benitez was the right man to take over not just because of his Liverpool background but I just don't think his style of play would have worked and obviously didn't work with Everton No and there's the big talky point with Rafa as well how it's very much if you're not in his circle, which is all, if you don't gain his trust, he has he doesn't have the time of day for you, and he pretty much yeah. just throws you out. Yeah, you become you could, cold turkey, and you look at Lucas Digne over the last what, month and a half of the season, and it's been case in point with that situation. Yeah, I was obviously going to bring that example it's just hard to look past it as the main one because this is a man who was a top quality player for them and a mm. week after he's been so open about falling out with the man who's just been sacked it's a baffling yeah. one it really is I mean of course, of course I'm sat here laughing all the way to the bank as an Aston Villa fan who now gets to see him play every single week we knew we were getting a quality player and if a decision was made about the manager sooner then Luca Dean is an Everton player still, probably. Oh, 100% he's still an Everton player if Rafa is sacked before that transfer goes through because, like you said, Everton fans 
know his quality and he's shown it all over the years and it's not like he'd really gone down a level this season he's just wasn't it he'd he was out injured and then just didn't earn his way back into the team I don't remember if I'm honest that's something I'll have to look in to, to be honest mm. but it, that whole situation is just really strange as to why that happened all of a sudden and like he just never seemed to pick him ever again and like I think when you isolate a player like that you're always looking at yourself and the curtain is always closing on you ever so slightly I mean we look at Mourinho everywhere he's seemingly gone he's done that to a player and then shortly after his tenure at a club's uh, been up so you look at his spell at Real Madrid he isolates Ica Casillas Man United it was the stuff with Paul Pogba Spurs obviously more recently with Deli Ali. so it seems to be in the modern game now if you isolate a player you can start to be packing your bags really slowly because players will not work for you and your time will end up being uh, shorter than you expect it to be all it does is just create further discontent amongst the rest of the dressing room because then you've got other players getting annoyed that someone they've been teammates with for ages has been treated like that. Yeah, and it just makes it easier, more easier for a narrative to be written uh, for, what you call it, like, play. so if a game goes wrong, oh, it'll be like, oh, well, why didn't Rafa pick Luca Dean here? Or... Um, they draw against something and it's like the left back's fault oh, if Luca Dean was in the team he wouldn't have done this so there's always that narrative going to be in ca- uh, in place for whenever a performance doesn't go right for Everton yeah and just to play devil's advocate slowly I don't agree mm. with this personally but I'll, I'll just put it out there is it all Rafa's fault really or do the owners as well have to take some blame maybe even some of the players as well yeah, I definitely think Farhad Mashiri uh, needs to look at himself because there does seem to be a large uh, level of discontent from Everton fans towards Mashiri based on the managers they've had in recent years since David Moyes has left, the signings that they've made in those, what, nine years or so. It's, they've not gone on and progressed in terms of what people would expect. They've massively regressed over the years. It also feels slightly... Is it a bit like the blind leading the blind? Yeah. Because the owners don't... What you mean. They don't seem to know that much about football and it's very telling and almost similar to the situation that I have experienced myself with my club. Well, isn't that the way... You were talking about David Moyes as well. Have they actually had a a manager who has achieved a, a good enough level for Everton Football Club? since he's gone also the no. regard that like in terms of respect from the fans as well no well I mean Roberto Martinez did okay there oh, I've got something to add with Martinez later <laughs> don't worry about it because I think there's a lot of Everton fans that are out there disagreeing with you in terms of how that one ended yeah I mean like you say he ended poorly but I think he did okay there. like I'd say he's probably been their best manager post Moyes but um, stats will say that but Davidson saw the football and yeah. they were not happy mm, and there's a lot of 
back to this whole uh, Rafa sacking and the Mashiri thing. It's the thing, though. I think with many clubs nowadays, is owners don't buy the clubs to make them better. They see it as where can we make the most money profit-wise, like advertisement and shirt sales and all this, that, and the other, rather than coming in for the love of football. Yeah, and already their effect has been felt in Everton. We've seen it, the transfer windows, the endless spending of money on players that you would never have seen usually sign for Everton as well. Mm. New stadium coming. Yeah. That's, that's the main one. And from personal experience, it is needed. I mean, it was, what, 2017, early 2018, when I went to Goodison Park, and it, it, it felt like a stadium in the ruins, and, like, it's something they needed to be done up. Because I don't think, as far as I'm aware, obviously I don't follow Everton that closely, but I don't know whether they've had any, like, redevelopment done to Goodison Park. Yeah, that's what Everton fans to tell us in the comment section, because it's... yeah. It's it's an interesting talking point with that. The mm. I kind of like Goodison Park. I've never been, but it, from the outside, it seems like a very nice, like old, traditional ground. And that's again coming from an Aston Villa fan who's got the same sort of stadium quality. Oh yeah, I mean, like it definitely has that football heritage feel and like a classic football stadium. But it's one of them where you can, I feel like you can still have that to a football stadium, but have like re- uh, renovations done to it to make it just that bit more modern to uh, last in modern day society but back to the sacking of Rafa now 200 days in charge of uh, Everton won 7 of the 22 games in charge 5 draws, 10 defeats it just really wasn't good enough and their defeat to Norwich on Saturday was just case in point of how everything has gone wrong for his tenure back on Merseyside yeah it was so bad the style clearly didn't work I don't even know what the style was was it just defence first I know injuries have been a big factor in this as well which yeah, any manager can look at that and go well I, I had all these to deal with mm. and obviously his star player Richarlison being out injured was uh, never the best point and uh, he obviously missed the start of the season due to being away at the Olympic game so there's that to contend with but at the same time the rest of the players there should have been capable of doing better than what they have done I mean sitting in 16th place mid-January for Everton is diabolical standards yeah and it brings up a question that because of how bad they've been this season are Everton slipping into a relegation battle um, I think there's definitely the possibility. Obviously, they've played two games less than Watford, who are 18th. But then you look at Burnley, who are rock bottom, and they've played two games more than uh, Sean Deutsch's side. So there's definitely the capability of they can really fall into it. And one of them, two, or two of the sides below them, so obviously that's including Watford in this conversation, if they go on a bit of form here Everton really are getting sucked into this relegation battle yeah that they are having to rely on clubs who haven't at any point this season gone on a, an amazing winning run to mm. then do that because at the moment they're surviving because they're a free 
teams that are much much worse than them yeah and like I genuinely think <clears throat> excuse me if one of them teams do gonna run for like have four or five games where they pick up like maybe two or three wins or, and a couple of draws and Everton lose in any of their five games we can be looking at them being involved in a serious relegation scrap um, looking towards their next three fixtures they play Aston Villa then they play uh, Newcastle and then Leeds United yeah, I actually forgot to mention this in the podcast about that typical oh look who they play next <laughs> yeah because <laughs> it's the most typical thing for Villa to let the team that needs a boost get that yeah it's a, I call us the charity because that's exactly what we are and God, there's one like oh, there is an outcome I'm hoping doesn't happen ahead of that game because I just feel like it will completely revitalise the whole Goodison Park and the fan base will be so up for the game mm. um, but yeah it's it's going to be an interesting uh, month or so A to see who they get in whether they get in an interim manager or someone permanently or and then performances on the pitch what happens there going forth yeah, yeah well we could discuss that in later in this episode but for now I want to stick on owners for that because mm. they're of course we've stated that they're now started to get a lot more pressure put towards them oh, yeah. I remember was it the it was Watford that lost to them and there was a lot of the shouting towards the owners who were sat in the stadium and it mm. got toxic yeah which obviously is scenes that no fan really wants to be doing they want to be happy enjoying the times on the pitch but it's I feel like it was something coming like it was just a matter of when rather than if like these protests rather turned from Rafa and the team's performances on the pitch to uh, Farhad Mashiri and the rest of the board yeah and it's not just from this season is it it builds from seasons prior where bad footballing decisions have been made because mm. as much as it's nice to see all the transfers that we made the big money being spent finally we're trying to compete but look who they've spent it on yeah they've not spent it on quality players to get you the positions they needed to be in trying to involve themselves in a European battle if we look at all the signings in the Mashiri era the only one I can think is really like actually delivered for the price that they've paid for them is Richarlison yeah like he's probably been the best piece of business I can think Everton have done in a long time like the rest of them are just mm, C minors B minors yeah so much wasted money didn't they spend 30 million on Alex Awobi like Mm. you see moments for him but he's not top quality he's not even a starter for Everton no the Bernard signing didn't work out at all when you think about it because he's gone now. Yeah. Uh, where would he start with the Hammers Rodriguez one? Oh, yeah. I mean, that was just absolutely mental signing him. And that just went down the pan later on last season and early into this season before he was sold. It was doomed to fail the second he set up the toffees. <laughs> oh, please don't get me started on that one, 
Everton players do that when they sign. But yeah, signings-wise, they've just not made any good enough signings to go, hang on, these could actually be a contender for that fourth Champions League place, the Europa League place, and obviously nowadays the Inter-Conference League, or whatever the fuck it's called. <laughs> That's how much we care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I feel like... If, if I could add as well, because we've seen... It always brings up... Maybe there's FFP problems, because we've seen this season, they've scaled back massively in the money spent. They looked at yeah. freebies with Andros Townsend. Rondon was a freebie, I believe, as well. And then they spent... Next enough, I think. Yeah, and then it was cut price to get Damari Green, who has been the only sort of bright spark, even if he's not fully there at this moment in time. Hmm. Um, obviously, they got... Uh, now we're looking at the January window. They got Anwar Al-Ghazi from Aston Villa in on alone. They spent... A bit on uh, Nathan Patterson, the young defender from Rangers. Uh, and I don't know how much they spent on that uh, Vitaly Mikalenko. But yeah, it does seem I think that actually that was the only one they properly spent money on. Was it in the 20s? I want to say. Yeah, Maybe like just below that. But it's the, it's the only one this season they've properly spent a big amount of money on. Patterson was 12 as well. Yeah, 12 to 15 million it was, roughly. So nothing out of the way to make you think, oh, okay, Everton are going to be like trying to spend their way to get back competing. But is that kind of a bit like Spurs? Is they're saving up money for uh, the stadium? Yes, it may also be FFP, but if you think about it, when Spurs moved or were moving to their new stadium, they went a while without spending big on players, didn't they? They did, and did it work out for them? No, it didn't. They just suffered because of it. Yeah. Um, Which is the same. Same with us. I remember us, Villa, years ago, under Randy Lerner. It was all the money mm. spent, and suddenly it just stopped because there's nothing left. It's the point yeah. of throwing money at something that's not working. But then when you stop wanting throwing money at it, it's obviously not going to work. Yeah, 100%. And... We saw the consequences for that with Aston Villa uh, later on in the years. But I don't want to say it's going to get that bad for Everton because at this moment in time, you, it doesn't feel like it would. Like, God forbid if it does for Everton fans because it will be horrendous. Imagine Everton just not being in the Premier League. I don't think I could. Right. No. To our generation, so those born... I don't think Everton, have ever been, Everton are under one of those clubs who have never been relegated from the Premier League. Yeah. And, like, especially, I mean, the older generations than us may remember, like, the Everton's being up in the title challenges in the 60s and 70s-ish, uh, late 50s as well, I think was the last time they won the league. But for our generation, we know them of being that team that are on the cusp of Europe or when it was around the Intertoto Cup being involved in that. And I know it's a bit of a repetition, but since the end of the David Moyes era, they've just gone backwards. Yeah, they have, yeah. Uh, I think this is the time to ask the big question, which is, what's next? Or should we actually say, who's next? Well, if we are to look at... um, Sky bets. Um, obviously, all the betting companies are available. We don't do that willingly. <laughs> yes. Um, 
we have a look at the odds for the next manager. Roberto Martinez is the current favourite. I don't see him going back there. This is baffling. How does this man keep getting linked with jobs when he's in one? It's always the way, though. I mean, I think, especially in a World Cup year, the Belgium FA don't want him to go. I don't think he would want to go. I think like this is his last chance with this generation of players to do something in a tournament. Why would he leave the best performing nation in the world? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, there's a lot of question marks as to why he would go back to Everton. To me, it just doesn't make any sense. Have you been seeing some of the reaction as well to that? No, it's, it's not. It's not very good. Let's just say, surely, the owners cannot misread what fans think again. Like, can they? <laughs> I mean, I think that it's something they could easily do. With how he ended last time, you just think surely they're not going to bring him back again. They, the fans fell out with him. Yeah, but at the same time, it just wouldn't surprise me. Um, so it would be like I've got an analogy for this. I came up with it. It would be like trying to restart a relationship with someone that you liked, which ended terribly. But then you get back together 10 years later, only to remember straight away that you absolutely despise the way they are and how they act. Yes. (laughs) Great analogy, uh, but very much case in point. It could be with Everton. Um, Just having a look down the rest of the list, They've got Duncan Ferguson second, which I think he, he was going to be interim charge from what the reports I've read. It's him and Leighton Baines doing it temporarily, at least. Yeah, I'd, I'd like you to give her the rest of the list before I go into detail on some of the options. Uh, then third on the list is Wayne Rooney. Then we've got Frank Lampard, Graham Potter, Nuno Espirito Santo, Slavin Bilic, and then we'll round it off with uh, Lucien Favre because there is quite a long list of other people being and we'd be here until tomorrow <laughs> going through the rest of the list being linked with the Everton job at the minute It's a difficult one doing it at this stage because it's not like the manager's going to have the January transfer window to work with as well yeah, think about um, it. if they go for the permanent option yeah, if they go for the interim then in that case there is only one manager that can go with but I'll talk about it here at the end because just for vibes what if they did go for Wayne Rooney I mean I can see it and it it, it, it kind of makes sense like the whole he started his career at Everton uh, he's like an Everton fan and all this that and the other but at the same time you look at what he's doing at Derby and you want you want him to finish that work there this season especially oh, if they the, can escape the neutral the neutral wants him to survive with Derby County and pull off the greatest escape ever yeah 100% but, uh, he hasn't done a bad job with Derby he's shown a good tactical nous he's galvanised the bare bones of a squad that actually doesn't know if it's going to exist or not next season mm. do you know what it is as well thinking about it it's a bit of a free hit yeah because so it's that thing and you go for a former player slash legend as the manager sometimes it can work but there's so many times we've seen where it's just too soon and it ends up being a massive risk given that Wayne Rooney actually doesn't have that much experience yeah I mean he's been in the job 
a year now, uh, full-time manager at Derby County. He's won 18 of the 65 games in charge, drawn the drawn 20 and lost 27. So he's got a very similar record to Philip Koku, who was in charge before he hand. And it's one of them where does he go in and have this Frank Lampard effect at Chelsea where he's a club legend and everyone thinks, ah, oh, he can guide us because he knows the club inside out, this, that and the other, and it goes wrong and he'd be sacked within a year? Or could he go down the Oli effect at Manchester United? Now, obviously, that ended sourly for him, but you look at the rebuild... Just say it ended terribly and get it over <laughs> Okay, it did end terribly there for Oli. But if you look at the rebuilding process that he did, it did seem... To, you, seem you saw the betterment in the team and performances in the league. So there's them two options if you go for Wayne Rooney. But at the same time, it's still a big ask for someone this early in their managerial career as him. Yeah, to me, it just feels way too soon for that yeah. to happen. Which, you know, you want it when there's a minimal risk coming with it. Yeah. Which, for me, is why the option, even if it is just to the end of the season, so that in the summer they can refresh a new setup in owners as well, the board. Give it big dunk to the end of the season. Oh, I mean, as a non-Everton fan, you want to see big dunk on the touchline again. Well, even as an Everton fan, I think it's the one they want. If you remember the last time he was in charge, even just as caretaker, like, didn't they win all four games? Like, the whole club was galvanised. He was performing something pretty good with him. Uh, the, the last one, he won one and drew three. So he was undefeated. In the four games, but it's not exactly winning he, all four, then is it? <laughs> no, but he there was that whole spirit like you saw the spirits of the club massively lifted when mm. uh Duncan Ferguson was there, and which I is exactly the worry I have for the next game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if I remember correctly, one of the draws, or it might be, yeah, it was a late draw against Manchester United, you could see the passion that was uh coming out of him throughout that whole game. and he knows what it means to be Everton and like you say the, it's the right appointment but is it the appointment that we will see happen there's no risk really with the end of the season if he looks good maybe we we make the leap and give him full time if you don't mm. refresh as we said see who's available Yeah, you can even try and convince the Graham Potter if you want yeah, but phew, I'm not too sure what yeah. they uh, do. Everton rise going forth. Yeah, I'm just awaiting that we've had all this discussion on the Monday, and when this goes out on the Tuesday, that I've already appointed someone in secret. Oh, I'm hoping. That, I'm hoping <laughs> that by the time we're hoping not. Otherwise, what's the point of this upload? Yes, I'm also hoping by the time they play you lot uh, this coming weekend. Big dunks on the touchline. Saturday afternoon, twelve thirty kickoff. You get to see. I'm secretly not. I'm <laughs> wishing it doesn't happen. Yeah, but well, it's definitely going to be uh, something to keep an eye out. Right. Um, I think that is all the talk we've got on this situation uh, this time. Um, th- this series going forth, we'll be looking at uh, talking points that come across in the world of football uh, in a more 
in-depth matter than what we do on our podcast. And like we said at the start, uh, the full version of this will be available on our YouTube channel. So make sure you go over there and subscribe. Uh, and The full version will be available everywhere. Oh, okay. I didn't know what you were going to do with that. But uh, yeah, make sure you are subscribed to our YouTube channel and subscribe to our us wherever you listen, whether that be Apple, Spotify, or Acast itself, or any other uh, podcast stream platform and make sure you follow us on Twitter at OffTCPod uh, for all the latest news and stories from around the world of football and until next time it's goodbye from Brad see ya and goodbye from me, we'll see you soon <laughs>